and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, <coughs> metal, and apparently a little small amount of choking. As always, it is Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical and whatever the hell else I do, joined by my good friend, Keefe. Shit. Uh, what? Keefe Choker. Keefe, no, wow. Uh, Keefe Chakas of Ghost Cult Mag. How are we doing today, buddy? I'm okay. I'm okay, man. I'm hanging in there. Uh, it's another wild and woolly week in the world. I'm glad to be here. Hear you. I hear you. I am thrilled that life still exists and flows through these veins. I actually, if I could take, well, first off, thank you for listening. If you are checking in for the first time because of uh, Pink Floyd, we appreciate you. We will get to a disclaimer. So there is a disclaimer. If you skip ahead, consider yourself disclaimed. But in the meantime, um, the way this goes is greeting, beer check, vinyl check, shirt check, news of the day. I got nothing this week. And then into the meat of the matter. So that was, this how that's how this show works. We've got our departments. Uh, I am going to beer. First, I want to say uh, one thing about myself this week. Uh, I have been thinking a lot about Clerks 3. And as everybody knows, Clerks 3 is the meta movie about Kevin Smith's own heart attack. And I have really thought about my own health and my own longevity. So I have been working this week on making several small little changes. The first change I made is we had a bunch of vegetables left over for a party. I've cut those bitches up, told my wife to order a big old box of individual ranch dressing packets. So now I'm my afternoon snack at work is ranch dressing on veggies. So, which is better than nothing, which is better than potato chips. And also the other thing I put into play, which is a very easy one for me, every other beverage must be water. Not today, because I went through six, uh, six in a row. So that also will not count during my morning tea on the weekends. But so, yeah, so just little things like that. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your friends. And we'll all make it together. Uh, but I am going to beer check now. I've got the Rockwell Brewing first available IPA. Rockwell Brewing is uh, actually something my boss told me about. Friend of the family is uh, good friends with one of the owners, and they live uh, across the alley from each other here in St. Louis. They're out on Vendeventer Avenue, I believe, near Vendeventer Machine Works, just past between the Grove and IKEA, two fun ass places in the city of St. Louis. So there's my poor. Uh, I am celebrating the happiest season of the world. As we all know, we have headed into the best season of the year motherfucking hockey season. Nice work. That glass is a masterpiece. Uh, Father's your, uh... Day gift. My family didn't even know I wanted one. I got it, and I about peed. What's your uh, prediction for the Blues this year? My prediction for the Blues this year is same as this past year. I think they are gonna. Uh, I, I think they're gonna have a, a second round flame out, barring a huge turn up, a huge glow up by one of the kids. There are a lot because we got we lost Perron who was one of our highest scorers. Uh, the big, the two kids, Thomas and Cairo, have both been signed to long-term contracts north of $8 million a year. Uh, so it's this might be, this, but this could also be the year of our Stanley Cup window closing because we could lose O'Reilly and Tarasenko after the end of this year, at which point basically the entire engine that won the Stanley Cup would be gone. But that's besides the point. 
I feel very similarly to the Rangers. Looks like, you know, got a good team, got a playoff-worthy team. Not sure they improved enough to go any further than they did last year. Would be nice to get another cup. Um, if you're a New York sports fan, the eating is good. Yankees are heading into the playoffs. Judge might break the home run record for the AL. We'll see. Not sure. He's been slumping. Uh, Giants started out, you know, 2-0. and They're 2-1 now. Still okay. Jets, who cares? Mets are doing good, but whatever. Um, Should mention that Albert Pujols joined the 700 home run club. So, good for him. Good, good for him. him. I know. I know some people that were mad about it, uh, like salty about it. But like, you know what? I I think every salt is delicious. So every <laughs> the salt in the tears of my enemies. Um, I never disliked Pujols, even when I was, you know. Yeah, I never disliked him. He seemed like an okay guy. I know he had, like, attitude problem in his younger days, whatever. Well, you know, everybody who hits people, 50 home runs their rookie years is going to have attitude yeah, problems. people grow. People grow and change. Good for him. Exactly. Good for baseball. Good for um, and it's nice that somebody who doesn't have the specter of performance-enhancing drugs has done something overtly significant. Not going to say he never used them. Just going to say no specter. I'm going to throw out a controversial take. Not only should PEDs be allowed, they should be encouraged and given out to little children. uh, PEDs are made to heal the human body under the, under the auspices of a doctor. Yeah. They are not. There's a reason I don't have children. There's a reason. And this is part of it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, I was giving my kid protein pancakes at age six to play hockey. So. Anyway, what's your beer? What do you got for us? Oh, beer time. Um, once again, I'm either courting disaster or it could turn oh, out Jesus. wonderful. I am going to have another another random beer I have never had before. Peanut Butter Milk Stout by Belching Beaver. Belching Beaver is the brand that makes all the Deftones beers and many other good beers. I am not a stout fan, but here we are. I do I'm, love peanut look, butter. Look, I have a- done peanut butter cup stouts. Yeah, yeah. I find them to be revoltingly disgusting. Look at look good, at this beaver on the can, like on a pile of peanuts. How but awesome. I'll tell you this much: good luck, good luck with that. Yeah, we're Cheers. gonna find out right now. So here's the pop, nice and loud. Here's my glass. We're gonna do the pour on screen to all my shame and pain. Look how brown this fucking thing is. Oh Ooh, my! Shit, this is black as my soul. That looks like motor oil, like motor oil that should have been changed don't, two years don't, ago. Don't make me laugh while I'm pouring, please. Sorry, I can't. a little foamy head already, but okay, fine. It's not terrible. But my, uh, I'll just shirt check real quick, so we're staying on point. I am rocking Un from Seattle, an amazing doom metal band. If you think four songs is too many for one disc, they got you, because for them, it's four songs on two discs. Fair enough. I'm gonna drink my beer and then follow up with my shirt. Let's see how this is. Not bad. Not my preference of type of beer, but I I, I don't like uh, for the most part I don't like sweet beer. That's, uh, it's not sweet. It's actually a little bitter and a very bocky dark slate, mm. like a very tree barky, you know, run through the bowels of an older person. But not, not terrible. I will drink this. Unlike last week, where I literally pour out that whole beer, oh. uh, I will drink this beer. And uh, today's shirt is a spoof shirt. This looks like the NASA logo. But it says not flat. We checked. I think it's nice. sufficient. You're either down with the science or you're down with I don't know what the fuck. Uh, you're down with the science. Or you're down with Marjorie. Three names. Uh, I don't know if anybody noticed, but this week I'm wearing my wedding ring. All right. I um, never know. 
didn't know if you had one. I have no it idea. is uh, silver with black diamonds. Cool. Yes. Yes, it is. Black diamonds for Kiss. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. My wife discovered that when we saw Kiss in 2014 and they played Black Diamond and she goes, no. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell her in advance? No, I did, but she forgot. Hiding your shame. All right, um, let's let's do the fun, fun vinyl check for our YouTube viewers. <laughs> Count it, three, counting it down. Three, two, one. Oh, it's the same <laughs> record. We're both rocking Animals 2018. Probably the second time ever we've uh, had the same record. Not at the same time, but we've had the same record. I'll let you do the unboxing. I've already got my fingerprints all over this thing and only played it twice. So uh, It's the third time, actually. What is that in there? Oh, that's the... I kept my hype sticker this time. I have mine. I, just, I thought it was a nice... I stuck nice it to my tripod. It's right here. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. We got. I haven't actually gone through the book yet, so it's pretty neat. I did, but we got the cool, cool gatefold. Uh, what I really, you know, what we're not going to do that this week. No, 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 no. no. We're gonna because this is not remix week. This is animals just. Well, nope, nope, nope. But I think it's worth. We're checking the vinyl already. Okay, the vinyl's checked. There it is. It's black. It sounds like vinyl. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't. No, no. I can't. I, no, no, no. The paddle's already begun. We're already paddling. I got a list. He's got notes, folks. He's got, I got notes. An outline. It's not, and that's not on there. So did, did you say you had no news? I have no news this week. If you I'm want to pop out a couple quickies, I'm trying to think if there's anything worth talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm. Uh... Oh, oh, there is. We got to talk about Metallica. Sorry, Metallica is doing a concert in Florida, so I'm not going to celebrate the life of Johnny. Uh, Johnny Z and uh, his wife, Mrs. Azula, whose first name I cannot remember right. Marsha. Marsha Zazula. And they are going to play only tracks from the Megaforce year. I don't say years because it was one year. And uh, the opening act is Raven. So the- you- Theoretically, Ride the Lightning had a Megaforce release. Yeah, yeah. When it went 83 to, to 84. I okay. know. I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, yeah, so Metallica announced this thing. Uh, again, the significance of those who don't know of Raven being part of that show is the show Metallica signed to Elektra and away from Megaforce Records, Metallica opened for Raven. They opened for Raven multiple times with, in those with days. Anthrax. Yeah, they literally, the Kill Em All for <laughs> One tour is Metallica opening tour. for Raven. Metallica's first national tour, which led them to come to New and, York and get discovered by Michael Alago and the rest is history. All right. I'm going to give a hot take on Raven. <clears throat> then I'm going to shut my yapper till it's time to talk animals. Mm. Unless Keefe talks too long. Cause I'm whip cracking this week. Uh, Raven is way better now than they were then. I mean, a lot of bands, a lot of, no, bands I mean are. like, like it's back then they were terrible. I thought Saxon was a very uninspiring band for the majority of their glory days and i think the last like 15 years of the band have been spectacular yeah last few times i've seen them it has been pretty awesome and it's nothing like what it was so yeah i guess there's some of those nawabum bands that realize huh we could do things that are really cool instead of this diamond heady stuff that's then diamond Head's not really that good if i'm being honest hot take nawabum one good not as not as amazing as uh people want you to think it is their last their last not terrible was pretty good they not terrible new, they have a new singer in the band that's young and very energetic but uh not a 
I understand, and like if you listen to the first couple of Diamond Head records, you see where Megadeth and Metallica borrowed oh, yeah. heavily. They... Not just covers, heavily borrowed. Oh, Riffs yeah. stolen. Literally, the riff in Fade the Black is stolen from a Diamond Head song, the end riff, you know, the end riff of the song. Completely true. They were an important, necessary band. I said the second to end riff, not the final riff, the second to end riff. But anyway. And you know what? So was a lot of blues in the 50s. That's uh, everything. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah, everything. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with one minor news item because it was uh, bestowed on me today in an interview I did. Not a flex, just a matter of statement. So, um, I've been trying to dial back how many band interviews I do for Ghost Cult Mag because I may be diminishing returns. I think I did like 70 interviews in six weeks in the Ooh. spring, and they started to all kind of be like same notey and sucky. I got a lot of praise for them, and some of them went to Blabbermouth, and bands shared them, but I felt like they were diminishing. So I've dialed back how much I'm doing, plus time. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm dialed back how much I'm doing. But this week, I overbooked myself to do a handful. And uh, today's one of my interviews today was Jeff Young, who used to be in Megadeth. And um, um, uh, famously for the So Far So Good, So What record. The guitar teacher. Yes, and he is part of this new Masters of Death band with Dave Ellefson and Chris Poland. And he broke two little pieces of news that I'm going to share here before they go to Ghost Cult or anywhere else. Uh, one I think is pretty well known and the other is not as well known I think um, they are getting a ton of offers to bring this all over the world so, so that four shows that they announced is just the beginning of what is probably going to be a year long well, thing uh, I, I may have issues with uh, Dave Ellison in certain ways forgivable issues but you're not going to hear me complain about Jeff Young and Chris Poland getting a payday I mean, all of them on stage together in the same band, that's insane, right? So that never, like that, you know, like they're all friends, but that never happened before. And I think there's a lot of exciting things you can look out on my interview with Jeff in a few weeks and uh, when it'll run and uh, very exciting stuff. So two, here's the two news bits beside the tour is they're definitely going to tour some more. The reason they got together in the first place was to all be part of this Nick Menza documentary that is now officially coming out next year. It wasn't they were trying to get it for this year. It's just not ready. Uh, David came in and he has a film company apparently, and his film company is now the executive producer of the doc, and so they're taking extra time with it. But that's what helped this thing form in the first place, which I didn't really know that the Nick documentary and them all getting together for like dinner as friends before going on camera the next day is what made this band form. And then I didn't know this. I don't know if this was knowledge and I missed it. They are writing original material to put out. Oh. Yeah, recording right now. So this is who's, a stu- who's singing. They have a guy who sings for them, who has both a Megadeth and Soundgarden tribute album. Oh, so okay. he plays rhythm guitar and sings in a Megadeth tribute album as part of this thing. And their drummer is uh, Fred Aching, who's a very well-known drummer in Los Angeles. Most notably, he's been on Billy Biohazard's records. Very. So very, very, uh, and Poland and Young as the two guitarists with right. David. Wow. Um, yeah, I'll go. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'll go. I'm going to can't believe it. <laughs> of course I'm going to go. And he's talking about, like, the chemistry him and Poland have together, like, diverging styles, but they somehow work. 
Some guys, somebody's got to cover the rhythm. Somebody's got a lead. Sometimes two leads. It's very. I'm pumped on this. This is very good news if you love Megadeth. Very good news if you love thrash metal. And both Chris and Jeff have wide influences that have nothing to do with heavy music. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what else they bring to the table. Very cool. Um, let's transition is- now, and now it's time to disclaim this bitch. Uh, Keefe and I talked about this a lot. Roger Waters has been saying a lot of, well, for lack of a better term, a lot of fucked up, stupid bullshit that he should not be saying because he is wrong. So with that in mind, Roger Waters in 1977 is a very different human being from Roger Waters in 2022. Whereas he now is saying things that I not only disagree with, he says things that he would be disagreeing with in 1977. It is easy for me to draw a line between Roger of the 70s and Roger now because the work still rings true. I do not believe in this work any less now because Roger's gone off the deep end. And, you know, unlike other artists whose songs speak to sort of disgusting acts who are then found to have been doing those acts, this is just Roger taking a different tact. And his current politics do not diminish the powerful statement of Pink Floyd animals, even if he switched teams in the interim. So this album is still this album. The meaning is still the meaning. And, you know, I choose to believe that I will not research this because I don't want to meet my heroes, as it were. I choose to believe that Roger is trolling. He is being Brian from Family Guy in 2010 when Obama won and he went to be a conservative to be contrarian because I don't think he's this stupid. Maybe he is moving forward, disclaimed. Roger, 2022, politics denounced. Fair enough. I, um, I'll just add briefly. I, I can say nothing better than what you just did, but I will just say that I don't think, you know, clearly, you know, us covering this series and still loving Pink Floyd has nothing to do with Roger and his personal stances. Some of his stuff is spot on. Some of it is way off, way off and on the wrong side of history. But okay, this is a very weird and bizarre time when people who used to be our heroes are saying outlandish shit. And uh, he has this, he's certainly free to think and feel and say outlandish shit. I don't have to agree with it. I'm not going to let it taint my love for this band and the music that I grew up on. And the timelessness of the Animals album and the meaning of the album surely has nothing to do with the whatever the hell it is he's talking about today and things. So please don't, uh, you know, again, uh, judge slowly. Judge us slowly for doing this series. Um, we're not trying to court controversy or be, you know, slammed for this. We're not standing Roger by supporting this album. We've been talking about this album. I think from the moment I joined as a co-host, the second thing out of Nick's mouth is Pink Floyd series. And we've avoided doing <laughs> one because we both love this band to we wanted ends. We wanted to do something <clears throat> special for Pink Floyd. We didn't want to just do... It would have been very easy for us to do a run of Dark Side through Final Cut and just jerked off all over everything. It would have been easy for us to have a back and forth about David or Roger. There are so many easy topics 
this topic I find interesting because we have the continuing feud between the band over the course of now 45 years for this record alone. We have the genesis of what becomes the wall. And then we have, you know, somebody pulling a George Lucas. So the series as it is, this, to this week we are now going to discuss animals. Next week we are going to discuss animals 2018. And then the week after we are going to discuss the animals in the flesh tour, Montreal. Yes, Montreal, where they all said, Sagre Blue, Roger, spit on that guy. He okay. did more than that. He did more than spit on a guy. Uh, Montreal, uh, best bagels in the world or second to New York? This is a debate that will never end. Bagels are bread. Bread is a flavor device. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All righty then. Protein guy. Anyway, so let's start at the beginning. Animals does not start with animals. Animal starts on the dark side of the moon tour when they are playing at Wembley Stadium. This concert is famously uh, uh, famously lampooned by John Peel, I believe it was. And then John Peel was, then says in Dark, the story of Wish You Were Here, which I will be referencing quite a bit this week, says, you know, it wasn't as bad. Maybe I was a little bit mean, but Nick Mason says, we hated that review because everything he said was absolutely true and we didn't want to hear it anymore. You know, this is after Dark Side has exploded and they're living the lavish lifestyle. But there are three songs they play that night, which I would argue that David and Nick and probably Rick Wright as well. I only said Rick Wright's last name to dis- differentiate Nick and Rick. It's too close. So, and I'm still a little snotty. So they play one song, which of course is Shine On You Crazy Diamond, parts one through six or one through five or wherever the hell they delineate that. I don't think there's, I mean, I just think it's the same song twice, but whatever. And at which point Peel goes, oh my God, they're singing about Sid Barrett. Then they play two other songs. You've got to be crazy and raving and drooling. So raving and drooling and you got to be crazy famously become sheep and dogs, as we all know. And Pink Floyd has even released those recordings in the Wish You Were Here immersion box set. So Raving and Drooling and You Gotta Be Crazy are now official Pink Floyd songs, which I think is another little jab at Roger, and we'll get to that in a minute. So anything you want to drop about this show that you're aware of that I have not mentioned? Well, not just so much this show, but so like just to kind of understand the transition that's happened from the band that had Sid into a record and a half and the shadow he cast over Roger and David to David becoming a full-fledged member of the band to the sort of interim period where it's like space rock soundtrack band music concrete weirdoness avant-garde Adam Hart mother progressive rock Adam Hart mother and a few other things Um, the full version of set the controls and uh, Echoes and Embryo, 30 minute, 35 minutes for one song at a concert, and no one complained. And this kind of band that's in a in transition, right? But so they dark- could. there's no way they could be that band on the Dark Side Tour. Because no. that kind of music does not sell. No, but they, and- yeah, they, they, they coalesced into this thing that was all the things they were before, but this new thing also. And that is Dark Side. <clears throat> and 
they uh, they were to sort of get ready for this series. I reopened up my book. This is here, my Nick Mason book. I read and, that. Uh, this year. I know you did. This is Inside Out, and so I reread the chapters from Dark Side to Animals, and very you know like at one point they were losing money because the label couldn't print the albums fast enough to sell the Dark Side albums. This was a phenomenon like you can't imagine. The biggest hype records you can imagine in our recent lifetime, which would be like a BTS or something, that's how big this was. They couldn't make the records physically fast enough. Um, I don't think we've had anything in our lifetime. Well, Thriller, that... I think, is one. <sighs> you know. Okay, that's um, We're I'm already sorry. talking about Roger. Let's talk about Michael Jackson. Thriller and just... Okay, okay. Anyway. Let's stay on point. I'm stay on, on point. point. So I'm saying like, so that's so that's one element here. Then the other element is that I think this is the fault of a band I famously dislike, The Grateful Dead. But this idea that their concerts are free experiences to record, and it's not just that these were bootlegged and that that Wembley concert is famous. Those bootlegs were pressed and sold by bootleggers. Significantly Because that's how, hot this, that's how hot this band was, that people were taping their concerts and selling them, specifically with brand new songs on them that, that weren't finished. So the idea is, and that comes from jazz, and I'm sure it comes from Richard mainly and Nick, who are ja the real jazz guys of Pink mm -hmm. Floyd. And you used to workshop a song live. A lot of bands did. Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, Yes, Genesis. That was very common in the 60s and 70s. And yeah, you can't anymore. The only person because, that still does that is Ben Folds. Right. Well, the com I mean, there are a few, but uh, you know, but the commoditization, right? This is the I, this is the antithesis of going to see Misfits and having Danzig lock up your phone or Tool saying absolutely no cell phone video or photos until the end of the show, or the last song, because that's like we're protecting this thing that's ours, and if you share it to everyone, no one will come. I get it. I do get it, but it's also a little. It's disconnected from modern technology and the person's concert experience. There's got, there's a compromise we haven't found. Simple as that. I went to see um, two shows this last week that drained me fully uh, and then ruined me for the rest of the weekend. But I saw Russian Circles Friday and I saw Heilung on Saturday. And Heilung had a lot of incredible vinyl. I couldn't buy any of it. But I, I mostly watched the show without my phone on. I turned my phone off. I shot... A minute of one song, it wasn't even... I didn't want to give away their show. That's also a thing with them. Like, I don't want to spoil the show, even though everybody else is doing it. But I watch most of the show with the phone off, which I normally... I'm, you know, video a few songs for Ghost Cult, put them on socials. So imagine that this is a time when, other than this bootleg, and Nick is famous for now saying that, like, this medium was the only medium for a long time to bring something into your home that you had to go out to see otherwise, whether it was a movie, some kind of storytelling, a concert. So these bootlegs are the uh, the sort of illegal YouTube video of back mm -hmm. then, of 50 years ago. And they, so, they, and they weren't the exorbitant priced knickknacks they are now. Right. Or, well, but also there wasn't a culture around gouging for them because there wasn't a right. device that was able to do there was no ebay and there was no discogs so just just to frame it up for our listeners i'm sure some of this is like duh of course but i just feel like the over explaining helps set the table and when now we I... get when we get back to different decades especially the 70s and 80s it's really <clears throat> important i feel to discuss just how vastly different a world that was at the time yeah. think about all the movies you've seen about the 70s 
What are they doing? They're going to concerts. They're buying records. They're listening to music. They're talking about bands because that's it. So, sorry. I, I apologize. No, you're good. No, you're good. So, I'm just bringing us up to like, so these songs, not just that they were played live. Wow, I'm hearing a brand new song for the first time ever. You know what that feels like. It usually feels pretty cool if you like the band and the song is halfway decent. There's definitely been a couple of times when I was like, Ugh, I don't like this. Metallica, <laughs> please don't play a new song live. Lords of Summer, awful. Ugh. But um, the Lords of Summer. No, yeah. stop. Stop it. <laughs> ah. That song, no, that, that song is verboten. <laughs> verboten. Watch All it right, be I'm, on the next I'm, Metallica vinyl. I'm Just taking over. I'm taking over now since you did that. You go right ahead. I was about to give it back to you. Thank you. Well, then this works out. So, yeah, so they're playing these new songs. And also another thing is worth pointing out was this is a time when you could keep a secret. They play raving and drooling one night. That does not mean, you know, it's not on YouTube. It's not immediately broadcast across the globe. So it gets out, it goes around. And I think that probably got Roger's goat a little bit. One of the things about Roger and I, everything I say, Roger is this. Roger clearly does this. Roger feels this way. Everything right now, second disclaimer, is my assumption based on his statements, the band statements, his actions, and my inferences. Period. So I think Roger is a bit of a fragile man and a fragile human being and can be broken and then stomp his foot. So we get to Dark Side. One of the things we did not mention about Dark Side is this is the first Pink Floyd record that is thematic. They took Adam Hart Mother side one, metal side two, and they went, ah, we'd have these giant long songs with all these movements. Why don't we do 12 songs? And that's what Dark Side was. Dark, you know, I. I Keefe recently asked, you know, what's your favorite song on Dark Side? And I had to be a dick. None of them. It's one song. That, but I mean, I believe it. It's Dark Side. I hate hearing a song. I want to hear the album. And it's a thematic album, if not conceptual, if not a concept album. And Roger is thrilled by this. Roger wrote all the lyrics. So he goes into the next recording session and he wants to do it again. Then now we got to describe the Wish You Were Here sessions as described by Nick, Rick, Roger, and David. And a lady who came in to take photos one day. Uh, I, believe the, I believe the first and operative word was excruciating. Yes, because uh, three of the four dudes had nothing. And they were not shy about saying, we had nothing. Roger feels at this moment, Pink Floyd is done. Roger also feels that at this point in time, Pink Floyd is money. So, you know, Razor's Edge. David described it as, we weren't doing anything, and considering how driven Roger was, especially at that time, it had to have been even worse for him than it was for us. So Roger's doing all the work. Roger is putting everything together. Then Nick, Rick, and Dave go, hey, what about these two songs? We think those two songs and Shine a New Crazy Diamond, boom, Three movements, nailed it. Roger fights that because Roger fights everything that he does not create. If Roger doesn't create it, it is evil. But let's discuss those. So Roger's idea is this album is about loss and loss and loneliness. I would argue that Wish You Were Here is definitely about loss. Obviously, Shine on New Crazy Diamond. 
welcome to the machine and have a cigar are also about a different kind. They're about a loss, not of a human, but of their own innocence, because those are the laments of an art rock band that are now a top 40 band, top 10 band, top five band. So all loss, it's all loss, it's all depressed. So what is raving and drooling about? Uh, very little, there's about eight words in the actual song. Uh, you know, raving and drooling is not what you think it could seem. And that's basically it, that's like the whole song. So it was not, the music's there-ish, they jammed it, it's... If, if you've ever heard the two demos, we'll call that. them the demo versions of these songs, which I have also heard, they're not finished. They're not finished no. lyrically. They're not finished. They're like 80% there musically yeah. from where they end up at the end on the album. There's um, a lot of similarities and a lot of things that make you go, huh. So, and then, then you have You Gotta Be Crazy, which you may have noticed that song is, that line is in Dogs. You gotta be crazy. Yeah. I can't say. It's, I'm it's, sorry. It's similar. Uh, Dogs goes through a lot more changes than... Right. Dogs uh, is she, a much better song. It, what well, the finished dogs is a yeah, much better yeah, yeah. song, yeah, of course, but it's but also it's, like 17 minutes long, so it's like, well, you gotta be crazy is 12. Yeah, it was intended to be, yeah, it's it's long, it's definitely yeah. over 10. It was intended to be lengthy, and right. and, and mo like you said, they started to kind of write in this way, they had already been doing this, but to me, like, again, I go back to uh, our pre our DMA episode with Duncan, where I said that Obscured by Clouds is the training wheels version of Dark Side of the Moon. I right, and so is oh, Metal. Yeah. So no, like Metal was the, the the finished version of Adam Hart Mother, right? Which was the training. I mean, it's you. They do like four albums that are before they get to Dark Side, yeah. where they're doing um, the same stuff over and over. It just and, gets better each time. Yeah, of course. And I, I mean, like, I have to throw out a disclaimer, which is that Wish You Were Here is my favorite, not just my favorite Pink Floyd record. It's my favorite record. So Goddamn I'm gonna, masterpiece. I'm gonna restrain myself from overdoing it talking about Wish Weird because it's not the topic, but it is important. Um I think one thing we also didn't I don't know if you were gonna get to this or not, but I'll throw it out there now because I Go think ahead. it pays off later. They while they were like bereft of ideas, right? So they're touring, they're touring, they're making money, they're not really seeing the money, but they're supposedly making gads of money and can't print the records fast enough and people are bootlegging their shows and selling them faster than they could put out a new record you know the record so there's pressure there's internal pressure there's bullshit with them starting to become a thing or it already was <clears throat> so they go in for some sessions they're like we don't have any songs but let's just see what we can come up with the old school pink floyd way which is let's just walk in the studio and make something yeah because up until the up until the next album they had unlimited studio time yeah, well, yeah, they uh, well, they also made their own studio in time for the follow up, but because the that deal ended. <laughs> yeah, there the money, yeah, the um, the money thing started to become like oh, and also like they, you know, we would almost could do a whole episode on this how uh, UBS had a bank scandal and bankrupted a whole bunch of bands, including Floyd. You know, there's a lot of the financial stuff we could talk about, and those are all huge rabbit holes. Yeah, but so not I now. I'm going to avoid them all. But here's here's my really quick point, and then I'm going to kick it back to you to steer this, which is second beer. Second beer. What you got there? Trader Joe's Boson Double Boson. IPA. Boson. 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 The word is Boson. Boson. The word is Boson. Okay. Um, so they would go in the studio from from even the, the Sid days and just make a thing. 
And so that's how you get like power talkage and things like that, and uh, several Grimble small grumble. species. So, yeah, several small species of animals with a several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pick. Yeah, so picked with a T. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's still it's it's an axe. Um, oh, so they go in and they start recording just different things. They just make soundscapes and record things, and they did this thing where they. You've seen people fill a glass of water and finger fudge the rim and get a... And apparently, supposedly, the dun-dun-dun-dun from, from Shine On You Crazy Diamond came from a recording of chord formations of all of them. Eh, ooh, like that is how they got dun-dun-dun-dun. Those notes came from that in that order, supposedly. According should to also Mason. point should also point out at this time, the time Keefe is talking about, they record an entire album. Household objects. Yeah, that's so that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm this sorry. is where I'm going. Household sorry. objects is this recording that has never been released fully, but ends up in dribs and drabs on all their future records. One track has one track was on the Wish You Were Here immersion set. Yeah, so it's like uh Let's call it, it's their layer of Easter egg sounds that they then embed into. Mm. It shows up in Wish You Were Here, the radio for the song Wish You Were Here, where they recorded in David's car, and you get the big pastiche mm-hmm. of the radio stations turning the dial. That's from this. There's a thing on animals from this, including the dogs barking in the vocoder. Oh! The vocoder. All this comes from, like, 1973. Even though, again, which we hear, animals, the wall, later. So just throwing that out there that, like, this is a band that works all the time, even when they don't have a thing to produce. They don't have songs written. Um, This is a luxury that most bands don't do anymore. They do pre-production. They come in with some kind of semblance of riffs and songs. Some bands still write in the studio if you have unlimited money and time, but few do. And so that's – I just wanted to kind of get that out there, that this is a – they, all these things are, they, you know, they're positive that they have this recording and they have household objects that never comes out, but also troubling to them that they have trouble. They didn't know where to begin to follow up. Dark Side was so big and looming over them. The success of it was kind of weighing on them. Correct. Now I will that, shut up and I cede my time. Great, great points. Lo- I Thank you for bringing up household objects. I had forgotten about that. And yes, and I love the way you described it as household objects goes... It's like every record, they just find something from there to throw in. And around this, you know, after this album is when they become much stronger on using sound effects, which that is actually something my late stepfather, my late fifth stepfather, not sixth. So who loved Pink Floyd would talk about when he would talk about Pink Floyd is how they could use all these sounds. Anyway, so that's the point. So they then have this argument about this three... Basically, they wanted a bookend, raving and drooling. You got to be crazy with these two, with China and New Crazy Diamonds, both parts, both tracks, anyway. Roger feels it does not fit. It's not Roger's idea. I think if Roger comes up with it, Roger is discussing it and, you know, jerking his own gherkin while talking about how great he was on air. Maybe not on video, but definitely on radio. So he decides these don't fit. And, you know, to a point, I agree with him. However, you don't have to be such a gleeful cock on the documentary talking about how smart your ass is for doing it. Now, let's put a pin in that particular thing. Roger beats the band. Roger's thrilled about beating the band. 
Roger probably mentions it a bunch of times, which this, this session is the wedge. This is the crack. It's not animals, which we get to next. It's not the wall. The wall is the end. This is when Pink Floyd starts becoming Roger, in, in Roger's mind, Roger's toy. And unfortunately, you have three other dudes that had nothing. That just kind of went, well, he knows what he's doing. And then when he fights them, they go, well, he seems to know what he's doing. He wrote Dark Side. So they're content to follow Roger to this monetary success and this mythical land. Now, as we've discussed many times in the world, a political party does not function well when it's the only one. So we'll get back to this all stuff later. Put a pin in that. Let us now head over to Britannia, to those to Britannia Row. We're going to kick out the track by track. We got some time left for that. And before we get to that, though, you know the concept of this album, as we all know, is a flip flopping. It is a mirror universe version of Animal Farm. Animal Farm is anti-Stalinism, whereas Animals is anti-capitalism that's an amazing thing right there shows shows rogers cleverness rogers literary bent his i don't know that animal farm was in canon like it is now uh, especially uh, george orwell he's american is he not uh it's a great question i thought he was british okay um, well you know what anything you heard is weird so moving on um uh, you know, lyrically speaking, this is lyrically probably the absolute abject best work in the band, period. No notes, I agree. I also did not notice until last week that there was a Lord's Prayer at the end of Sheep. I Read by Nick. I hide my shame. Nick loves to do, hey, we we need like a spoken word thing. Nick, get over here time and time again it's nick um yeah that i mean that i think that's pretty well oh you didn't mean me this time me no i meant nick mason Uh although in my personal life when i need a voice i also go to nick cameron Uh so let us kick it on the tracks oh uh, you know what no no one more thing let's discuss the cover a little bit Mm. uh fuck that god damn that god damn everybody knows about the pig Here's what's cool. The pig was not even used in the photo. I learned today. It was superimposed. Yes, because they didn't get one. They didn't get the good enough one. Right. So so the pig isn't even... They sent up the pig. They got a lot of shots of the pig. They got a lot... There are, actually, if you look in the booklet, there are almost good shots of the pig. They're the wrong angle. They're not the right distance. They're just all a little off. So at the end of the day... That shot is a composite of the photo. Yeah, and you know what? If it pig. were if it were a painting, okay, you wouldn't. Be able I do. To tell me I do pig. love. I will just say I do love the the 2018 version of the cover also. But yeah, the pig, the, like the pig story, has been told. So the pig came with right. its moors we're, and floated, and away. we're still doing it. So it was it. a yeah, it was a publicity stunt more than anything. Yeah, correct. I would agree with that. Okay, so fuck that pig. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I think the album cover is a little bit squiffy it, it because they turned this photo into a painting. And I think if it, if they had left it just as an actual photo, 
it would have looked cooler. It would have had, I think it would have had a greater dystopian, which is what they did for the redo. They left it as a, they took a photo of what it looks like now, where and it's although now is way more okay. Next week, next week. I will. I will say that is the least impressive album cover of the Hypnosis album covers. I no, Roger. It's Rogers. It, yeah. Well, Roger. Roger. They worked on one. it. They worked on it. it oh yeah. It's Roger and Hypnosis. It's not Roger directed, which I also think is like stop letting him do that. But Roger directed Hypnosis's execution. Okay. Fair and enough. it's not. I don't like the final cut album cover at all. I understand its purpose. So I'm not counting that one, but I'm gonna just say like I like that one. Eh. It it only it okay if I didn't know it only works why, if you're Roger. It only works if you understand what's on the album before you open it. I know. Which well, means that, you know what you know what take it back. That means it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't need to be right, but in this case, okay. No, so, you are right. I was wrong. Look, I worked out with reason. Okay, so track track track. On pigs on the wing. Oh my god. Okay, what do you got to say about this one? I don't like this one. Pigs. Well, pigs on the wing one and two is a love song to Roger's first wife. However, <laughs> however, if you're going to compare marriage and love and unconditional love to bombers during World War II and the pigs on the wing are the bombs under the wings of bombers. Ah, okay. Uh, that says all kinds of messed up stuff about Roger's view on love and his love life. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he just got married for it, the sixth time? It, it was supposed to be... It was supposed to be like a love song to his current wife at the time, his first wife at the time. And Caroline, she's the mother of like his kids. Well, of Harry, I believe. Yeah, and this that that is uh, definitely messed up to a degree that I don't think I can, can, can conceptualize. Oh, my love for you is like a bomb. It's gonna kill people. And by the way, my dad died in the war under bombs. Wait a minute, what the fuck? Whoa, whole. Oh. Through the looking glass. Let's move on to dogs. One of my favorite things about dogs is uh, famously used in a scene in WKRP in Cincinnati, which we discussed. You know, Drowning Fever sitting there listening to dogs. And uh, God, what's his name? Carlson. Mr. Carlson comes in and he goes, Ah, I'm not familiar with this orchestra. What's their name? Pink Floyd. And it just, it's like, are there dogs on the track? maybe <laughs> he's like maybe that's not the actual that's not actually what he said but it's it's, it's amazing yeah it's and amazing. Uh, i'm gonna let you take over on this one. Oh, yeah sure uh dogs is so if you have read animal farm and you are any inclination of a marxist and a socialist not a bad word to me but to others uh dogs is the preeminent pinnacle Marxist diatribe. It is the Marxist dielectric. There's the haves and the have-nots. To become a have, you have to be a cutthroat, murderous shark of a business person where you screw the other person. I'm trying to paraphrase George Carlin. You fuck the other guy before he fucks you. And, and that's why I could not uh, succeed in my first sales job because the slogan, I... the slogan was, there's only room in this deal for one lie, yours. Yep. Coffee is for closers, right? Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn closers. Ross. I can't. I struggle in the corporate world because at the end of the day, it's like a square peg in a round hole for me. I can't do. I can't fully do it. I can do it. I can pretend to do it. I'm really not comfortable in that world. I can pretend. 
uh, and a lot of people are. And then there's a whole culture that the lyrics run down. And so this is a beautiful marriage of Rogers' anti-authoritarian, anti-commercialism, anti-capitalist lyrics. And then I'm also going to say the wonderful arrangement of the music, especially the dichotomy of the first two-thirds of the song sung by David, the greatest vocalist in the band, and yes. Rogers' anguished delivery toward the end, especially that last stanza, chef's kiss. I wish they had done more of this where they traded lyrics and vocals and stuff. They did a lot of that in the Sid days where maybe someone else would take a verse or a song and then on somebody else's song they wrote. Like, who's the best person to deliver this? And I feel like Dogs is one of the masterpiece. I mean, like, in a whole career of masterpieces, Dogs is incredible. If you really think about it, every single piece of it. That this, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to say a 17-minute song is abject perfection unless it's this one. Because this song is abject perfection. I get, when you talk about it, I get chills thinking about this song. You know, David's guitar solos, David's leads, his melodies in his vocals, yes. And the, lyrically, conceptually, the idea of somebody, you're just gonna die and you're gonna die with that, the weight, the stone is what you've done. It's, uh, I would make the argument that that is a reference to Ebenezer Scrooge and Jacob Marley. Could be mistaken, but that's my right. Opinion. The a Christmas Carol, the, the chains of Jacob Marley, right? Uh, fun fact that a lot of people don't know: that repeated line, dragged down by the stone, uh, right before the long break in the middle of the song with the dogs barking. There's that drony, repeated stone, stone, stone that comes back later on ooh, the wall. Ooh. Sorry, I get chills thinking about that. Comes back moment. In. Comes back later on the wall, in uh, there's nobody home, right? It's it's very subtle, and you gotta you gotta like wait to hear it. But when you hear it, you know that's a callback to animals and why. And so I think the some of the ideas and Roger has always had some of these ideas have been fomenting in him forever, right? Like across all his songs. But I think a lot of the things on animals come to like they're fully realized but they're repeated again even more on the wall in a good way yes and this one it, i loved the i loved the chaos of the the instrumental section which to me symbolizes what the businessman is now dealing with in his head now that he's just an old man anyway let's flip the record move on to probably roger's favorite a song he still plays live and has played live more than Pink Floyd ever did. Uh, or Triple Time. He's, he's played this one and he's played Dogs and Pigs more than Pink Floyd did. I don't think he's ever really touched Sheep to speak of, but that's besides the point. I figured on the last tour, Us and Them, you might as well, well shit, you're already, you're already two-thirds of the way there. You might as well just finish it off. But. So we get uh, Pigs, three different ones. And you know, a lot of times when people talk about this record, you hear about this is Pink Floyd's response to the punk movement. This is, I think, no. I think, you know, when we, you had alluded to or flat out mentioned 
all of the business going on with their dollars being stolen from them. And then you figure in Wish You Were Here, they're discussing having their lives stolen from them. So Pink Floyd as a unit is angry at the world. They're angry at themselves and they're angry at each other because here they have achieved this pinnacle and they're not, it's, it's everybody thinks that if all your dreams come true, all your problems are solved. And it took them 10 years to learn, nope. And so that's, I think, what the anger is. And then they've got all kinds of stupid, stupid crap. Uh, they name check Mary Whitehouse, who was the conservative uh, firebrand, as we'll leave it at that. And then, the, you know, it's just, it's an amazing amazing song and i love the fact that on this album everything is so long form and everything marinates you know it's it, this entire album is basically jared kiso from letter kenny saying and you better you better let that marinate because they let everything marinate i still have not watched that show um i don't have a You're lot only to hurting add. yourself i know i don't have a lot to add except that that's a great analysis pigs is humongous it's a it's a giant of a song uh it's a great riff um it's a great 60 riffs it's yeah yeah and then uh maybe roger's best bass playing ever beside money very good is the outro of pigs three different ones is that in really cool almost a bass solo sort of not quite a bass solo can you play bass keep the rhythm of the song and play lead at the same time Roger can, and I think, you know, again, this is a very underrated record, I think, in the canon of Floyd, and this is a very underrated song in the canon of Floyd. I would definitely, excuse me, I had a bubble, pop bubble made a bullshit, that's from Body Count, by the way, Mm -hmm. Um, for the listeners that don't know. Uh, Moving on to Sheep, Sheep is another great track, and one of the things about this album is every song, apart from The Pigs in the Wing 1 and 2, are chaotic. Because this song, this entire album is about revolution. And the socialist cause, the Marxist cause, is about revolution. It is about taking away from the political bourgeoisie who are hoarding the gold. You know, if you if you are listening to me right now saying, Nick, fuck socialism, fuck Stalinism, well, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna have to tell me that you hate DD. You're gonna have to tell me that you hate the Hobbit. You're going to have to tell me you hate Lord of the Rings. You're going to have to tell me you hate Star Wars. Because these are all socialist manifestos. These are all Marxist manifestos. Communist manifestos, if you will. Because in every one of them, they're taking down the dragon with all the money and all the power. That's I mean, I just, what it is. I just like to say, if you like roads and street signs and running water and the lights hey, when you turn hey, hey, on... Let's, let's just, you, no, no, you you're, like all these things. You, no, 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 you're right. No, 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 saying he's right. So, um, raving, or I'm sorry, uh, she, well, another great song. Raving and, and drooling becomes, yeah. So this line that Roger has for like six years, unreleased on, like this line, raving and drooling, we fell on their, you know, I fell on their, we fell on their necks with a scream. And mm-hmm. then he screams, the best scream 
the best Ooh. Roger scream. Maybe, maybe if you really love the wall like Nick, there's a couple of good ones on there. No, it's, it but that there's like no scream like that. Incredible, almost Roger Daltrey, Roger Daltrey scream of terror and rage. Um, you know, this is the idea of sheep and sheeple and the Matrix and having been, you know, like pilled. And then you're like, oh, I'm so inert. I'm too lazy to fight back. And, you know, I've hit my point where I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the underclass rises up and slaughters the masters. That is raving and drooling, that line. That is the right. moment when the sheep kill the dogs. Right. And otherwise, the sheep can never kill the dogs because they're sheep and they're aimless. And, they, you know, it's like such a perfect metaphor for, for Orwell and Orwellian uh, ideas and structures so yeah fantastic fantastic lyrics fantastic song fantastic delivery i cannot think of anyone else singing this song but roger uh this is probably why david doesn't do it or didn't do it much because who could do it but roger look i, mean, I love guy pratt now it took me and i had to warm up to, to to mr pratt i hope you're listening i know we're not friends we could be though although uh captain power mullet fucking follows me on twitter scott page you mentioned it scott page yeah what the fuck? Who you how named wrong happen? on the first like three times we tried to talk about him on our Yeah, how did that even happen? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, this, I'm going to move into my, I'm going to sum this up a little bit because I'm, I, I just feel like I'm going to, you know, get goosebumps and, and whack off all over sheep. And that's just, you don't want to go there. Uh, they got big nuts. Uh, my, my grandfather was a farmer. He had sheep. So this album was of the big are we counting final cut in the run or no is it big five or big four you kind of have to count the final cut all right we'll Roger's call it five last then. record so we'll say we'll it's the big we'll say it's the big i mean i also the, count metal but like okay you Maybe can't count six. metal why not because it was not part of the run i mean kind of is metal obscured by clouds dark side oh well but i mean obscured the soundtracks are i'm dark. talking about the run i'm talking about the run when we'll we are for another time we're splitting hairs a lot a little of the classic floyd records of all eras compromise found it so of the classic floyd records of any era this is probably in my humble opinion the hardest one to get into because you can listen to dark side of the moon while you're doing the dishes and get it you can obviously no human being alive can listen to the song wish you were here and be not be moved anybody can listen to the disco beat of, of um, another brick in the wall part two coupled with um, the happiest days of their lives it's actually two songs uh, and really bam and i mean however you can't just be walking by and hear the ruff, ruff, of dogs they go, oh, fuck, yeah, that's my shit. No, you've got to sit there. You've got to listen. Yeah. And in modern day, the modern day world, we don't treat music the way we used to. That's fair. Two, two other things that I'll add in my summation, and then you can take it home, or I'll take it home. It's my turn. Um, my turn. Oh, I thought it was my turn. Uh, oh, we had okay, Richard maybe. Pryor last week. Yeah, that's right. I, um, we didn't have him, but like we had him. I, uh, I think these are two interesting things to say is like, like, Wish You Were Here and Animals are also positively dominated by Rick and David musically, right? Like, even if, if Roger wrote the framework, those performances 
phenomenal keyboard solos, insane guitar parts, just wondrous stuff by these guys, right? Uh, but the problem is that Animals, for better or worse, didn't get a lot of radio play because it's those three songs. They're all long. They're all two And long. they released no singles. No singles. Very little promotion, just the tour. I mean, are the- you going to release Dog as a single? I mean... No. Um, they were rarely played outside of the full record, outside of things. So I think a lot of people didn't... Um, don't have that frame of reference. It's of the classic record that's lost. A little bit. Which little is bit. weird because it's... Now, I yeah. think now it's going to get its day. But it was kind of overshadowed. And again, the Walton, Dark Side, huge. Wish You Were Here, beloved. The Wall, immense. Complex. I the will Wall say, is a whole other thing. A whole thing. I will say that the one area where Roger completely leveled up is as a lyricist, and as we discussed, as a lyricist, animals is complex. It's it's socio political, geopolitical. It, it, you have you got you got to pay attention to what he's saying. And and again, some of the references, Mary Whitehouse, things are dated a little to the time. They're stamped to the time, but like he leveled up as a lyricist, which is saying a lot. No, he he did records. not level up. I think that's unfair. I, I think he achieved his final form. He's never bested this, but he's he's equaled it, and he's always but he's always chasing it. And ever since this album, this was the first album that was probably a legitimate thematic concept record. And every record since then, he has chased that down. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, I have no other notes. Animals is incredible. I, I I will say, you know, yeah, definitely 10 of 10. It is not a 10 of 10 for... It, this is like learning how to ice skate. Once you learn how to hear this record, once you learn what it is, it's impossible to hear anything else and it's impossible to just listen to a track. And that's what makes for a great record. As much as I love The Wall, and that it probably is my favorite. It's not Pink Floyd's best record, but it's my favorite. I can listen to half of that album as a single and go and go back to it later. It doesn't, you know, if I hear Bring the Boys Back Home or Vera or Another Brick in the Wall Part 3, which was not needed, or, you know, Young Lust, I can listen to those songs and go, yeah, those are awesome. If I hear the dogs barking, I need to hear this whole record. And that's why it's a little bit lost. But other than that, 10 of fucking 10, I'm going to apologize to my kiddo who is sick of listening to animals right now because I have listened to animals and animals 2018 basically daily for the past week and a half. So when, some, when we had some consternation about, do we do this? Do we keep going because of Roger's stupidity? I went, oh no, how do I save this? Because I did not want her torture to go in vain. And when I told her, she went, no, you have to do this. I sat through animals how many times? So kiddo, this is for you. And this is for everyone else. Thank you very much for listening. If you are still here, I love you as much as I love my left sock. Oh, wait, no, my right sock. 
My left sock is an off brain. My right sock is a puma. I love you as much as I love my right sock. Thank you very much for listening. Obviously, if you're still here, you have enjoyed this. So please give us a star review on iTunes, a thumbs up on Spotify or whatever the fuck they have. Uh, Give us a thumbs up on YouTube, which I know is there. Drop a comment. For the love of God, talk to me. Please, I'm not crazy. And, you know, subscribe if you, if you love Pink Floyd, you should definitely subscribe because you're going to get lots of it here and there, dribs and drabs. But as it is, we have come to the end of the week. Thank you for listening. Come back and see us again. The Clampets love you. I love you. Keefe loves you. And as we always say, we don't play in Peoria, but the President's Cup champion, defending President's Cup champion, Peoria Rivermen too. This has been the Glacier Musical Podcast. Does not play in Peoria.